Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. So the Eastern Conference Finals is set. The Western Conference Finals because of the Clippers just choking as usual. Completely imploding. Uh is going there's is not set. The Lakers disposed of the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets, speaking of a joke. Uh, <laughs> and five, the perennial losers that they are, especially Russell Westbrook. Um, oh, man, you're going hard, <laughs> uh, dude. I, 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 that team is cooked. I mean, especially with D'Antoni gone, like that team is absolutely cooked. Um, you know, just like to say one thing about them, man. I mean, like you trade Chris Paul and get Russell Westbrook, go small, thinking this is your year, and they end up just. As yeah. I expected, because James Harden and Russell Westbrook are known chokers and play terribly in the playoffs. I would like to say that from day freaking one of that trade, when it happened, my instant reaction was that Houston made a bad move. We all, yeah, me too. That's what I thought, too. I was like, a lot, <laughs> a lot of people thought it was a great move, and I was like, why? What is that? But, do? You, like, dude, see, that's the thing. You know what's crazy, Nick? I'm sorry. Let me let you go first, and then I'll have my thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when I first heard about it, I was like, well, Russell Westbrook is in on a terrible contract himself, so you're not solving the contract situation. And he's on the decline. And unlike Chris Paul, who, yes, he gets hurt a lot, but as we saw this year, he's going to age better because he doesn't rely on athletic ability. He relies on skill for the most part. You know, Russell Westbrook was just, he was a freaking fucking travesty. Like, he was a travesty. And that's the thing. You know what? I like the thing is, people just love Russell Westbrook because of his like, because how he plays. But I don't like how he plays. He plays reckless. He plays yeah. stupid. And I even had a friend who, who when I said that Russell Westbrook was overrated, and got mad and said that he got some more conference finals than Carmelo Anthony. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he wasn't the best player. He was. He wasn't the best player on a, on the team when they got to the conference finals. So it's just the like. I don't want to say my friend delusional, but. It's just this love of Russell Westbrook for some reason. I don't know what it is, man. I mean, you can just see it. He just takes so many bad shots. Yeah, he really does. Um, speaking of implosions, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, oh my god! Well, I mean that, that. I think they. I think we all thought the Heat would give them problems. I don't think we expected this. And pro- first off, props to the Heat who are playing just amazing right now. I mean, they are just lights out. Um, but Milwaukee just. The, all the things that we were worried about them came just crashing down. I mean, Giannis struggling to create in the playoffs and then getting hurt. Uh, the rest of their roster, there's zero shot creators on it. And when their shooters are going, I mean, their offense is nothing. Budenholz are making zero adjustments again. What a surprise. Uh, and now they're staring down a potential... And also not guarding the three-point line at all against the best, arguably, three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. I think Brad Stevens said today that they, he rem- like, they're the closest thing in terms of three-point shooting to the Warriors since the Warriors. Um, and I, I just don't get it. I, I just the, the Bucks just really always find a way to fail. They always do. And the East was so paved for them this year. You know, This was such a golden opportunity. And not only that, I think making the final sealed Giannis signing that extension. Now, I don't know. It's up in the air. I would have said he's gone completely, but 
Kevin O'Connor claims that a lot of people still think he's going to stay in Milwaukee at the end of this. If he does, I respect his loyalty immensely, but I don't know if that's the best move. Go ahead, Christian. Um, well, first of all, I got to give you props because you called it last year when you said they remind you of the LeBron teams of the early 2000s. Yeah, where, you yeah. know, regular season team that they're very good, but then in the playoffs, you can see that they're lacking talent. And I mean, I just, I think the, well, the first thing that I think kind of screwed them was the fact that the season stopped because, and they were, they were on, they were on pace to win 70 games. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if, maybe the same thing would have happened. They would have probably lost to Miami in the second round if the season resumed, it didn't stop. Um, but you can just see that they rely too much on Giannis. And, and, and again, I'm going to point out to NBA on TNT because they have, besides being amazing at, you know, the comedy and whatnot, they do point out some really valid points. And one of the valid points that Chuck mentioned was that they're really bad in the half court, and it's true. They don't yeah. really... The I game mean, comes down in the playoffs. Exactly. And that's the thing. They're a great fast-break team. You know, Giannis can control the ball when he's controlling the ball and attacking. It's phenomenal. But when it slows down, they have to create a play. They don't have, like, a true point guard, like a CP3 or like a Rondo, who has been incredible for the Lakers. Um, they need that kind of player. And... and the thing is, you have Giannis. If you feel, or if he feels that he wants to stay there, I hope so because I think it it would really just hurt the league if he leaves. You know, I miss, as I've mentioned, I miss the days of you know players staying in a city for years and trying to win. But you know, supposedly the owner said, "Hey, we will go into luxury tax to build a good team." So they got to make some moves, and we shall see next year because you know Giannis is going to be a free agent. Teams are going to have money. Um, I know I'm hearing people say Miami is a destination. I'm hearing people say that Golden State is a destination. Um, I think, I think that Toronto's a higher chance of people. Uh, that's yeah, I was gonna say, man. I, you know, we're gonna talk about the Raptors Celtic series in a little bit, or well, no, we're not gonna talk about it. But no, my God, no, no, I, I will make sure we do. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though: that Raptors team really impressed me. I know they're not going to keep a lot of those pieces there, but if they keep that core there, I will give Nick Nurse credit. He did a really wonderful job and also distracting Jason Tatum. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Ma- Masa- Masahiro Ujiri is just, he's the mastermind. And that's what they call him. They should call him that, the mastermind. Yeah. I mean, he's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, so to quick wrap up on the Bucks, I, I think I think you and I agree. It, it seemed like OKC was actually going to just say, you know what, why don't we just stick with, the team we have and just kind of build pieces through the picks we have. But now it seems like they're going to rebuild, um, especially with Billy Donovan being let go. Um, do you think, so do you think the Bucks, uh, I, I think the Bucks only chance of salvaging this is getting Chris Paul or getting someone like that. Like, I just don't really see how else they do anything. Um, do you I think mean, there's yeah. any chance that they can fix this? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they could trade, they, Here's the thing. They'd have to give up some picks. And the risky thing about that is if Giannis doesn't stay there, they're going to be terrible, which means, yes. that, which, means that, which means that those picks are going to be valuable. So they have to get, you know, they have to get the okay that he's going to stay there. But, I mean, if you think Chris Paul's the answer, I, I think they'd have to give up Bledsoe, maybe Middleton, and a couple of picks. Um, 
I mean, you know, maybe they go for Bradley Beal. I don't know if they have enough pieces for that. I don't think the Wizards would want that. But there's always going to be disgruntled stars and on teams. You never know. Maybe they get Anthony Davis. I know that's probably no chance on, on this planet that that happens. But yeah. you never know. I mean, I didn't think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were going to go to the Clippers last year. And so it happened. I mean, there there's bound to maybe be something in the offseason. But they're going to have to work really diligently to make it happen. And... You know, another thing, Nick, that we're not counting or, you know, we're forgetting about is that, you know, COVID has really thrown things for a loop. We don't know when free agency is going to start. We don't know when the season is going to start. So, shit, there might not even be a season next year. So we really don't know. True. I mean, I, I, it, this is. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, looking at like. Yeah, it's kind of scary, a thought as a Bucks fan, that the next season gets locked out and then Giannis walks away. Um, I think at that point, you know, I don't know how you get him back. I, I don't see how you can do it, but who knows? Um, I guess the lockout talk is a problem for another time. Uh, but as of right now, the Bucks situation is pretty dire for sure. Uh, so now we can talk about the Celtics and the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> And then we'll kind of touch on the Clippers-Nuggets game seven. Um, so I just want to say a few things about this series. I called Celtics in seven before the series. I was exactly right. Even though my brain told me Toronto in seven. Fuck my brain. It's always wrong. Uh, my gut is what's right. <laughs> uh, but I think this series was as emotionally draining a series as a fan <laughs> As I've ever been a part of. I was so up and down during this series. And I just got to say, the Celtics winning was a major mental hurdle for this team. Like, I I just want to give immense props to the Raptors. Like, they, like you said, they just keep, they're a relentless team. It's like you think you've got them down, and then they... Always hit you when you least expect it. Point five, game three. I thought crazy. If we stop them on that play, series is over. It's three zero. Series is over. We knock the champs out probably in game five. And you know what? They. I first thought, wow, that was the luckiest shit I've ever seen. You know, when I saw it. But it was just a great play. The Brad Stevens has gone zone in those situations before. It's worked most of the time. They just made a great play. That's all it was. Uh, I will say the poetic justice part of it, though, was that Kemba Walker was fouled at the end of Game 6. The NBA admitted it in the last two-minute report. They didn't call it. So the Raptors winning Game 7, I feel like you'd always have that in the back of your mind. Like, well, if Kemba had gotten the call, it was a tie game with under five seconds left. The Celtics probably would have taken the lead. He would have probably hit at least one of the free throws. Um, but this is just – I was just emotionally drained. Thank God we had extra taste because the day after, I couldn't even think about the heat. I was like, I don't care, dude. Like, that game seven was epic. And, I, and one more thing. So my dad said uh, after that Marcus Smart block that Marcus Smart is the best defensive player he's ever seen in his life. Everywhere. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. As a Celtic. As a Celtic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, better than better – than, Larry was a pretty good defender, man. <laughs> I was just like – 
I think he's just off of the excitement. Look, That's what it is. <laughs> this is why we keep saying, though. This is why we keep saying that Marcus Smart, like, non-Celtic fans just don't get how valuable he is. They just don't get it. Like, this is why I'm trying to say, like, he will... He's the glue guy. That's... He is a winner. At the end of the day, he does some incredibly stupid things. Which it's, it's, you've seen multiple times. He's had some terrible shooting nights. He'll commit some awful turnovers. He'll airball wide open threes. He flops a lot. <laughs> he flops all the time. But hey, hey, I enjoy his flops. Well, that's just because I'm a fan. Kyle Lowry does the same thing. So rather yeah. than dramatic smart, I was like, well, you have Kyle Lowry on your team. Um, but Marcus Smart, that play is one of the best defensive plays. And you'll laugh at me, but I think it's true. One of the best defensive plays in Celtics history. It, it, it might be in the top five, honestly, ever. And I know we've, we've had 17 titles, and we've had Larry Bird steals the ball, John Havlicek steals the ball, famous plays like that. You know, everything Dennis Johnson did, and Kevin McHale was a very elite defender, and a lot of people don't remember that. Uh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Let's not forget that. <laughs> arguably the greatest NBA defender ever. But Marcus Smart is just one of those guys that just he's just built different. Like, he does things that that just wow you and blow you away that just make you love a guy like him. And he does some utterly stupid things, but I think a perfect tweet showed was shown by this guy, John Schumann or whatever his name is, Schumann or whatever, right for the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he said, game six, Norman Powell did that exact same thing in overtime against Smart and got an A1, which by the way was a bogus call. Fuck game six and fuck Tony Brothers. But, uh, <laughs> but the next time he tried to do the same move, you can't do the same move to Marcus Smart twice. He's going to figure you out. And he blocked him. And that, the Celtics didn't score the la- a field goal the last five minutes, 20 seconds of the game. We missed, th- we missed 10 out of 23 free throws. And we just won. And I feel like that's been the story of this, this team the whole season. Like, they, they build a big lead. They, came, they come extremely close to blowing it. Like, extremely close. And then they just find a way to hold on and win. And it's just been an incredibly refreshing, just unbelievable season considering the expectations we had. And like we talked about, losing Kyrie, losing Horford. And listen, Kemba Walker was awful the last two games. But letting Kyrie and Horford go and signing Kemba Walker, if he continues on this trajectory will go down as one of the best moves that Danny Ainge has ever made. Because it completely remade the franchise. He breathed life into a franchise that was dead. And now we're in the Eastern Conference Finals against a very beatable opponent with a shot to go to the NBA Finals. That's my like long, not really rant, but <laughs> long speech, I guess. Um, I just want to say that I'm immensely proud of this team. The Raptors are an incredible team. They are the, one of the best defensive teams I've ever seen. And the Celtics beat them. And I think it's just, it's, it's an incredibly mental, just mental toughness wise. It's just an incredible hurdle and just a total night and day from what we saw from this team last season. So that's all I got, Christian. You can add what you want to say, but that's all I got. I mean, I just, yeah, I can't really say anything else. I mean, I've been impressed with Boston too. Before the series, before the series against Toronto, I mean, 
they swept the 76ers relatively easily. And before that game three, big shot by OG and Anobi, they looked dominant. I mean, it looked like they, them and Miami were in a class of their own. And I thought for sure we were going to get a crash collision course with those two teams going at it to see who was going to win the Eastern Conference. And then, you know, Toronto just did what Toronto does, and they they played really well. But, you know, the thing about the NBA is that, you know, the team that has more talent wins at the end of the day. And I think Boston with Jason Tatum, who, as you can see, is emerging, if not already, emerges a great superstar player. And Jalen Brown, who played tremendously in the series as well. Um, and, and they have really good glue guys. And I mentioned before, every team needs a Marcus Smart or, you know, a Draymond Green. That kind of glue guy who is okay with taking a couple of shots, taking charges. And yes, I live in Mitchlothen. You know, it helps the team win. He likes to, he, he helps the team win. Now, my only thing with Marcus Smart is he takes a lot of bad shots. But when he's making great defensive plays like he did last game, and let's not, let's be honest, he was huge in game six. I mean, he almost. Yeah, he was. He, I, he had, what, 30 points? He was big. He had, so like, he can, something, yeah. I mean, he, right. he, he has those random, like, really good shooting nights. You know, like, he has a lot of bad nights, and then he'll, like, have two, one or two, like, just shoots four for six from three out of nowhere. Right. But I'm impressed with Boston. I mean, honestly, I'm very impressed with Boston. And shit, if you said last year that you're going to lose Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, and the next year you're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think most fans wouldn't believe it. But I'm pretty sure, Nick, and I, you know, you called me last year after they lost in Milwaukee, how you sounded very disappointed because you knew, you knew the doom and gloom that was coming. <laughs> I but, was despondent, yeah. But I mean, shit, you know, no Kyrie Irving, they get to the conference finals. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great start. And I mean, I'm excited for this series. I, I don't know who's going to win it. I, I'm going to favor Boston, honestly, but... I mean, you're getting Jimmy Butler, who's playing like he's on a goddamn mission to prove people wrong, and he's been amazing. And it just shows how stupid Philadelphia is for re-signing Tobias Harris and not him. And you got sure. these emerging stars, yep. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and just a really good Boston team. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great series. There's, there's a lot of beef between Pat Riley and Danny Ainge. I mean, it goes back... It goes back to the '90s with with Showtime and uh, when freaking Boston with Larry Legend. Now I will say this: my only concern with Boston is that they need to get over the hump of the conference finals. They've been there three out of four years. They've been there three out of four years. Can they finally do it? We will see. But I'm very excited for this series, and I know you are probably too. Oh yeah, like listen. This is the best opportunity of all those conference finals to make it. That's my honest opinion. I, I think the fact that there's no LeBron in this series just makes such a huge difference. And I know the team around him in 2018 was awful, but it's still LeBron in a game seven. And just dealing with that is brutal. Um, I think, I think, uh, to kind of transition before we talk about Celtics heat, um, you know, the Lakers look very good. We don't really <laughs> fuck the Lakers, so I don't really want to talk about them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but unfortunately. Uh, the Clippers, 
I, I, you want to know what? I saw a tweet after Game Seven, and I thought that was I thought it was really fitting, right? Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is who people think Patrick Beverly is. You, Patrick Beverly, uh, dude, I was just thinking Patrick Beverly is playing like shit. I think he's he's overrated, bro. I, I'm gonna be honest. I, he's just he's just not. He just acts like he's this, he's like this DPOY candidate and that he's this glue guy. And to be honest, dude, he's not. He's a very average player. Like very average, to be honest with you. In the wise words of Richard Sherman, he's mediocre at best. <laughs> yeah. Like the Clippers as a whole. I just can't believe I'm disappointed like, in them, man. I'm really disappointed because they had I, so much hype. If they win game seven, I still believe they have a real chance to beat the Lakers. But, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. But mentally, <sighs> let's just be real, dude. Mentally, the Lakers are tougher than they are. It's the tr- it's. I hate to say it, but it's true. Outside of Kawhi Leonard, there's a bunch of mental softies on that team. You know? You get into the playoffs, into the grind of it, and a lot of these guys fold. Montrose Harrell looks like a freaking black hole. He can't score. He can't defend. I th- I saw something there minus sixty one with him in in the series. That's Christ. fucking awful. Like Lou Will has been terrible as well. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, Lou Will was like two for twenty three in two games of the series. Like, it's just crazy. I don't know what happened to this team. Uh, I I and honestly, I would not be surprised at all if they lose Game Seven. I think they're going to win. Um, but I just they were up. 15 and like 18 in the last two games or something like that. Yes, and they blew and they both blew games. Both of them. Like now there's part of this as well that we're not mentioning. It's that this Denver Nuggets team has been down 3-1 in two straight series and have forced two game sevens. Amazing. They they've been down they were down how many I think last year and the year before that they were down in other series and came back and won the series. So it's just Mike Malone Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, these guys are playing amazingly. And I did say, you know, in the prediction, I did say Denver was a sleeper team. I really did think their depth, their talent, I thought they could they could make some noise if they had an opportunity. Now, I didn't think they were going to be down 3-1 and come back in two series like this, but they don't have pressure. Like Jokic said in the post-game interview, the pressure is on the Clippers because everybody was, everybody was expecting an LA-LA conference finals. Everybody said Kawhi Leonard signed with this team. They got Paul George. They have all this talent. They should, they should have, they should, they should have swept the Nuggets. In my opinion, like honestly, you should. They should have swept them. Yeah, they're just, and, and, the Nuggets are tired from last series too. And the Nuggets, I mean, it's just you know testament to Jamal Murray, testament to Nikola Jokic, everybody, Michael Porter, who talked a lot of shit after they lost Game Five. He hit the big shot in the next game. And they're all playing well. They're playing well. Um, I just, you know, my thing is, I really want the Clippers to win because they, in my opinion, they are the last hope to stop LeBron from winning the championship. But I just don't think they're going to do it. I think, I just think they're going to collapse again. I really do. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the smack in the face that they needed to wake up. But if they come out know. flat, if they come out flat next game, and they still somehow managed to win it. I, I don't think they have a chance against the Lakers. I, I don't. I'm really sad. The Clippers are the best team in the league on paper. There is zero doubt about that. But you watch them play, and me and you have talked about this before, but it seems like sometimes they look dominant. 
Other times they like hit the snooze button. You know, like I, I just, I, how the hell they're up 15 points late in the third quarter and they blew it and they got blown out the rest of the game. It's like, I, I, I really, and you want to know what, you know, who deserves criticism, who's not getting a lot of it right now, but absolutely deserves it is Doc Rivers. And as much as I really like him, he's done terribly in coaching in these playoffs, terribly. And I think the biggest egregious mistake he's made, most egregious mistake, is not giving Zubac a lot of minutes because they're clearly better with him on the court than Harrell, and yet he keeps leaving Harrell in the game while the team gets torched. So, right, and the thing is, and you know the thing is with the Nuggets, you had him down sixteen, game five. You had him down nineteen, game six. How do you let them come back? Like you know. You know the team. You know that when Jamal Murray and Jokic and them get hot, they can put up points in a heartbeat. You got to lock them down. You have to stay aggressive, and you can't have this mentality of we're up 19, game over. No, you don't know. It's the NBA with the three-point shot, with the way offenses are nowadays. You can erase a 20-point deficit relatively fast. Yep, it's 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 the three-point shot. We always talk about the ultimate equalizer, but I just want to say too. The drop coverage in the NBA has been what's worked for a long time. But I think the problem is, and it's kind of being revealed in these playoffs, it's starting to get exposed, and especially in this series by Jokic. Jokic is torching it because they keep giving him threes and he keeps making them, which you should do against him, to be fair. But he's just so, like, Jokic is playing, let's be real, dude. Jokic is playing like a superstar right now. He is. I mean, he, he is playing like a top 15, top 10 player. Like, he's been that good in this series. He's just unguardable. Like, they have no one on their team that can do it. Zubac can kind of slow him down sometimes. Outside of that, I just don't see it. And honestly, he's outplayed Kawhi Leonard these last few games. He has. And Jamal Murray's been much better. Uh, who else? You said Porter's been much better. And I think, at the end of the day, the, if the Clippers lose this game, I think we could both agree, the Clipper curse is real. They just can't get past the second round. Just I, by mean, I know. Loaded, loaded teams. Lob City was loaded, and they couldn't get past the second round. Um, losing in this game would be an absolute catastrophe for the Nuggets. I mean, for, not for the Nuggets, obviously. For the yeah, Clippers. for the Clippers. And I got to give props to Nuggets because I question, you know, can you really build your team this way and win a title? And honestly, with the way they're playing right now, I'm starting to believe that with enough internal development, you have a sh- you have a chance. You're a contender, you know? And I think that's a very positive development for the NBA because the Clippers are another team that were just kind of built by stars teaming up. And the Nuggets were drafted in trades and all that right. stuff. Right, right. Um, but to make it real quick, I don't think they're going to lose Game 7. I don't know about Do you think they're going to... How do you think they're going to do? I think they're... I don't... My my heart says no, but my brain says yeah. I I just think the Nuggets are gonna beat them. I think the Nuggets have no pressure, unless Kawhi and Paul George go crazy and actually step up and be leaders. I don't see it, man. I think the Nuggets are gonna win the series, but regardless of that, I don't know if we're gonna talk about our our Western Conference Finals preview. But I just think the Lakers are gonna get to the finals. Unfortunately, it sucks to say it. Well, if it's Lakers-Celtics, I'm sure the public won't like it, but, I mean, it would be pretty interesting for me. 
and especially considering LeBron's on their team now. Uh, but uh, but I, I think for the Western Conference Finals thing, uh, let's not do it yet. Let's do it maybe soonish, whenever, but right before it starts, maybe. Uh, may do a quick pod, like 10, 20 minutes, just talking about it. Um, gotcha. But now Eastern Conference Finals, though. <laughs> all right. So kind of transitioning back to this. I'm going to be honest with you, Christian. I think the Celtics are going to win this series, and I think they're going to win it easier than they beat Toronto. Wow, really? And I think, and I think here's the reason why. The Heat margin of error is way slimmer than the Celtics. Think about it for a second, right? The Heat matchups, they, they start two or three, depending, down a minus defenders. Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, and when Tyler Hero's in the game, he's three. And uh, I'm forgetting some, Kelly Olenek, that's another one. All are minus defenders. They have four subpar defenders in their rotation. Brad Stevens this season has made a serious emphasis to find whoever the weak link is on defense and just repeatedly attack them. And when the Celtics beat the Heat in January, they went at Drogic and uh, Duncan Robinson the entire game. And they won because of that, because Jalen Brown could not be guarded by either of them. Jason Tatum was hurt in that game. I, I don't put a lot of stock in the regular season series because one of the games was Tony Brothers gave them like 13 more free throws and the Celtics missed like 23s and still could have easily won. The, another, and the other two games, the Heat were on back-to-backs. And, I, and it's funny, I was at the game in Boston this year against the Heat and I spent $37 a ticket. How, imagine telling me then, this is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, how the hell could I have expected that? Um, but <laughs> on a Thursday night, 37 buck game per ticket, I saw the Celtics beat them by 20, but they're coming off a of back to back. So again, I don't put a lot of stock in it. Um, but I just think the heat have to make threes in every game and the Celtics are number two in three point defense in the league. I think the heat margin of error is way slimmer because their defense is not as good as Toronto's. And the Celtics just overcame what might be the best defense in the NBA, where it was a struggle to score a time. And I think the problem for the Heat is Spolstra cannot go to a man-to-man because the Celtics will just attack whoever the bad defender is out there. Just like they did two years ago when the Sixers had J.J. Redick and we just attacked him and Marco Bellinelli again and again and again and again. Just over and over. That's what Brad Stevens does very well. And I feel like a guy like Duncan Robinson, if he doesn't make threes in this series, he's going to be unplayable because the Celtics are just going to, like I said, they're just going to attack him every time. I will say this, though. I think the Heat can definitely win this series. There's no doubt about that. I could be wrong. They could have four games where they drill threes. But I just feel like everyone on their team is lights out from three right now. And the Bucks three-point defense, they give up the most threes in the league. It's not very good. The Celtics three-point defense is much better. I think the one matchup they have a clear advantage on is Bam against Tice. But one thing is that Tice has actually held Bam in check 
pretty well this year, including one game where Bam had under 10 points. That was the game in Boston. Again, it was a back-to-back. I get it, but still, he had under 10. He had eight points. Uh, I I just think that the Heat's perimeter defense is just not good enough. I, I, I'm just kind of looking at... I, I think if I'm the Celtics defensively, I'm letting Jimmy Butler go. I would never double him the entire series. I would let him go one-on-one and put Marcus Smart on him and Marcus Smart or, or Jalen Brown. If you put, and maybe you actually put Marcus Smart on Duncan Robinson on Tyler Hero, because if you take away the heat shooting, their offense dies. It really relies on it. And it's gone through a lot of cold streaks at times during the season. And also another problem for the heat, the Celtics are great at forcing turnovers. The heat commit a lot of turnovers and that's going to be a problem for them. I think the Celtics are just the better team. Looking at it, I just and I think with Gordon Hayward coming back, I don't think Gordon Hayward is going to start. I think he's going to come off the bench. But think about it, Christian. Every single minute, Shemi Ojale is out on the court for the Celtics. I, we all cringe in fear of what he could do <laughs> because he is that bad. He is so awful. And... Now you're replacing those minutes with Gordon Hayward when we've needed bench scoring. I don't know, man. I, I, I just have a feeling that the Celtics are just too good. I just think this – I could be drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I said, uh, my sometimes, you know, like my brain last time said the Toronto was going to win. My gut said the Celtics in seven. Well, my gut – my gut this time says Celtics in six. And I just think that the Heat are going to have two games where they're just going to make every three – and it's just going to be too much for the Celtics. But I just feel like the Celtics are better. I just feel like the Celtics are better. I think the Heat are due for a bad shooting series. They've been shooting so well. And I think the Celtics will win the series. I think the one wrinkle in this comes down to, though, can the can who's, who's going to win the coaching battle? You know, Brad Stevens versus Eric Spolstra. If Brad Stevens can even hold his own... And I think Spoh's going to go to a lot of zone. The Raptors went to box and one against Kemba to shut us down, which really slowed our offense down because they realized if you take Kemba out of the game, that really hurts our offense. But the problem with the Heat doing that is I don't think they have the defenders. I just don't. I, I mean, they have Iggy. They have Crowder. That's it. Uh, and Butler, of course. That's it. And when you have Iguodala out on the court, Brad Stevens is just going to Ben Simmons him and, and give him all the room in the world to shoot. I don't know. I I just feel like the Heat, if the Celtics are still in condition, you know, and still in good shape and are not going to be tired as hell during the series after the series they just had, I I just think the Celtics are better. I just think they're a better team, and I think they'll win this in six. Christian, go ahead. It's going to be hard for me to, well, I don't think it's going to be hard for me to have an opinion on Miami, but I didn't really watch a lot of their games in the bubble so i don't really know how well they play it all i know is they've been playing really well um and i see your point nick and a lot of it makes sense you know they they gave up they gave up a lot of points to milwaukee even with Giannis. um and you're right you know teams that go teams that get really really hot are bound to go cold um but my concern is my concern is not with Miami, it's with Boston. Here's what I mean by that. Yes, they won the series against Toronto. 
yes, every game was close and competitive, and it was a grind. But the one concern I have is like, damn, it took them seven games to beat a Toronto team that their best player played terribly. And that was when they lost the series, to be honest. Yeah, but to be fair, let's give some credit to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's defense in that series was exceptional. Right, he was tremendous. But my thing is, like, if if Miami plays some kind of defense, Jimmy Butler is not. Jimmy Butler is not going to be bad this series. I I don't see it happening. I think he's going to be amazing. So I think that. I think that you know if Crowder and if Crowder and Iggy play well enough, they could maybe contain those guys. But the thing with Boston, I think the key for them, it's two things. One, they have to neutralize Miami's three-point shooting. And, you know, at points in the Toronto series, they did that. I mean, they they shut down Toronto. They had two games where they blew them the hell out because they were locking them up. The other big key for Boston, and it's been a problem with them, as I mentioned Many a times, their shot selection is very questionable a lot of times. Marcus Smart. (laughs) Not just that. It's not just Marcus Smart. It's also the fact that when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go to the rim, most of the time two things happen. They either score, they get fouled, or they kick it out to open a guy and shoot a three. But a lot of the times... Jason Tatum is doing step backs, and Jalen Brown is doing step backs, and you got Marcus Smart taking bad shots. If they're aggressive and getting to the paint, a lot of good things will happen because then that means that Bam's going to have to go and contest, and you get Bam in foul trouble. Then you got Kelly Olynyk in the game, and Kelly Olynyk is not a good defender. No, so they have to be they have to be aggressive. Yeah. So, so I I just I I don't know I I. I think that, like you said, Nick, I think Boston is just more talented of a team. I just think Tatum and Brown versus Jimmy and Bam, who are you going to take? I, I think that I think that Jason and Jalen are going to probably do better than those guys. Um, but my concern with Gordon Haywood is, like, is he going to come in immediately play and play well, or is he going to be really bad and struggle? That's a big concern for them, but... It's a really interesting series. I think I think it could really go either way. I really do. If Miami can move the ball and get open threes, it's going to be tough for Boston to stop them, even though they're, they're amazing defensively. And I actually did see a stat somewhere. In the matchups that Miami and Boston played, Miami got, a lo- Miami got fouled a lot of times from Boston. So they got a lot of free throws. So Boston has to do a much better job of not fouling. If they do that... Contained three-point shot. I think that Boston is going to probably win the series. And I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be six. I think that just... This is... If it ain't this year, man, then I don't know if they're ever going to get to the NBA Finals. This has to be the opportunity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a golden... Like you said, this is a golden opportunity for the Celtics. Like, the Heat, as good as... They're a very good team. But this is probably as easy an opponent as you're going to get in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, normally, I, I'm used to... I, I was, you know, preparing for Giannis and the Bucks and having to deal with that. Um, but, yeah, I, so a couple of your points. Um, 
I think one of those games, Christian, take a step back and keep in mind, was Tony Brothers. <laughs> but he's gonna he's gonna ref the game, so you gotta expect it to happen again. <laughs> I I hate I I can't stand him. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, but if you look at the games this year between Miami and Boston, and what was a common theme for the most part? It's turnovers. Like the eight, the Heat had eighteen turnovers in the game in Boston. I was at and lost that game by nineteen. In the January game, sorry, I'm looking at the stats right now. In the January game, where the Celtics won by eight, uh, let me see. The Heat had oh wow, they only had ten turnovers, but they were nine for thirty-seven from three. You know. That is how you beat them. Tyler Hero had six points on 13 shots. Duncan Robinson had 12 points on 12 shots. If you take those two out of the game, it's going to be extremely difficult for Miami's offense to score because they need that spacing. And I think think to mention on Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward has played extremely well against Miami this year. That's the positive. But like you said, there it is a bit of a concern. Is he going to come in and suck, you know? Is he going to come off that injury and be terrible? But I don't think he's going to start. That's the positive, you know? I don't well, I don't think you starting. can I I don't think you can start him cuz how well that starting five has been for Boston, especially uh, with how well Marcus Smart's playing on defense. Yes. Definitely. But I think here's I think like you said, I totally agree. Like the three-point shooting taking that away it's like, like I said, with the Sixers two years ago, taking that, the Celtics did that. When they took their three-point shooting away and let Joel Embiid go one-on-one, the Sixers' offense died because they could, you know, because Joel Embiid had to score everything on his own and got tired. That's what's, I, Jimmy Butler's a killer, don't get me wrong, but I think if Jimmy Butler has to face Tatum, Brown, and Smart, three really good defenders, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for him over the course of a long series to hold up and score 30 every game. He did struggle at times against the Bucs and against Wes Matthews. But one thing the Bucs did not have that the Celtics do, the Celtics have like four or five guys that can put the ball on the floor, you know, and score, get their own shot. The Bucs had two. I mean, they had Buck. I mean, they had Chris Middleton and Giannis. That's it. The rest of their team were all basically spot up shooters, and Eric Bledsoe, who sucks, but uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I I I guess I I guess just looking at it, like I just I don't know I feel like the path for the Celtics to win is there. The only thing I can really see as a detriment for the Celtics is like you said, if they just make all their threes. Which, if they do, I mean, they're doing it against the second-best three-point defense in the league. So, that's going to be tough for them. I but also, also, But you know what? The thing, though... Sorry to cut you off, Nick. But, yeah. like, the thing is, if Miami is making their threes, and there's a lot of pressure for Boston to make their threes, and they struggle at times to shoot the ball in that series against Toronto. So, you know, if Miami makes a couple of threes, then there's going to be pressure from those guys to make them, and then they're going to kind of get fucked up on the offensive side when they should be driving and getting open shots. They're going to be taking terrible shots. So that's that's the kind of the, the trade-off is, like, if Boston is aggressive and getting to the paint, 
I think they will easily score and get fouled. But if they're doing those stupid Marcus Smart shots, as I say, <laughs> it's gonna be really tough for them. It's gonna be tough for them to compete against this Miami team. All right, here's my question for you, Christian. You ready? Yes. Who do you put on Kemba? I mean, you can run. You could probably put Jimmy on him. Or I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because Dragic on him is going to get destroyed. If that, if that's Drag Kemba this season against the Heat has absolutely lit Dragic up. So I, you can't do that. Kendrick Nunn, same thing. Kendrick. I think the Celtics, when Kendrick Nunn is on the court, are going to hand him like they want Kendrick Nunn to shoot. He's been terrible in the playoffs so far. He is their weak link in their rotation, especially shooting wise. I guarantee you the Celtics are going to give him all the shots he wants and are going to go at him all the time. I mean, he's just he to me is one of the more overrated rookies in the league. And I know he comes out. He's undrafted. His numbers look good. But to me, Tyler Hero is so much better than he is. Tyler Hero hit some big threes in the last series as well. He was clutch. Yeah, Tyler Hero is a really good player. Like, really good. Uh, and so, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I just feel, I don't know, that's, that's how I feel. I, I, think, I think they're going to put Crowder on Tatum, which personally, I don't know if Crowder has the foot speed to hang with Tatum because, I, I, again, as a Celtics fan, I know Jay Crowder very well, and he's a good, very good defender, but his foot speed is pretty suspect at times. Um, looking at like again, whoever they have to stick Duncan Robinson on, they might just go Marcus Smart. And if that were the case, as much as I don't like Marcus Smart's dumb shots, I would post Duncan Robinson up and just go at him. You know, because he just can't guard anyone. He can't guard anyone on this team. He just can't do it. And he fouls all the time. And he's a great three point shooter. One of the top five three point shooter in the NBA. But I think if he misses his threes, I think there's a real chance he just gets played off the floor in the series. Like, I just, he may just not have a shot. And I don't know. I'll be interested to see. He's a great shooter, though. So if he gets going, then obviously he'll still be on the floor. Um, I just think, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll, really, I think the key for Miami, number one, besides the three point shooting having to be good, they have to take care of the ball. Because the Celtics are great at forcing turnovers. He commit a lot of turnovers. If they don't take care of the ball, they're going to lose the series. But if they do, they have a real shot to win because their ball movement is excellent. It might be the best in the league. And, uh, and I'll be interested to see what Spo does. I think Spo needs to go zone in this series. I just don't think man-to-man he has the capa- the heat of the capability of guarding the Celtics. I just don't think they can do it. And... Nick Nurse had some success, especially with that box and one. But the thing about the Toronto Raptors, like I keep saying, they have zero defensive liabilities on the court at all time. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet was probably their worst defender, and he's a really good defender. And Yeah, but oh, you know what? But the uh, one thing... Uh, yeah, like, all great. But the one thing is, though, the difference between Toronto, even though they're all really good defenders, versus Miami is that Toronto, you know, you had... Uh, you had freaking Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet who were six feet and under. Miami's got a little more size, so it's gonna be a lip even even if Jay Crowder and Jay Butler are not playing the best defense, it's gonna be a little harder to shoot over those guys. So no, sure. No, I know you're not wrong. 
I mean, the the Raptors' lack of size definitely hurt them. Um, it's definitely though. Like this is this is definitely a this is an interesting series because I think you have two of the hottest teams right now in the Eastern Conference going at it. You know, it's you have so many storylines like a guy like Kemba and Jimmy who've been on teams. You know, they've been great players for so many years, but their teams have been garbage that, you know, they never got an opportunity. And now here they are with two really great organizations. Now they're finally in the conference finals, a chance to win a championship. You know, you got, you know, you got a lot of really good young players in the series going at it as well. And I think that Bam has played unbelievably as well. And I think Daniel Tice has to do a really good job on him. And, he probably he might we don't know man I, the thing about the bubble is it's Williams Robert Williams too is probably gonna play a lot Robert season. Williams was phenomenal last series as well he played really well but the thing is it's the bubble man we don't know I yeah, mean it's a, it's the bubble's bizarre how the hell could we have thought that the Denver Nuggets would get to game seven against the Clippers how the hell could you have thought that like I I I, right. I got nothing uh uh, and also, I, I guess this is how I'm going to end this segment um, about about this series. Like, so I'm picking Boston in six. You're picking what exactly? I got Boston in six as well. Okay. So I just want to say something that I keep seeing on the internet, and it just kind of drives me crazy. Because at this point, I feel Daniel Tice put some respect on my guy's name. I'm sorry. He is not great by any means, but like people treat him like he's a freaking G leaguer. Like he's a legit starting center in the NBA at this point. There is no doubt about it. Now his athleticism, his defensive instincts, he moves like a freaking small forward. Yes. He gets bullied sometimes, but in this, this whole season he's proved he is a legit starter in the league. And in this Raptors series, he was phenomenal. He dominated Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul and Pascal Siakam were number one and number two reasons that the Raptors lost that series. Both were terrible. And Daniel Tice outplayed both of them. Well, maybe not Siakam. Well, Siakam was just horrible. I don't know. He was bad. But, yeah, like Siakam was really bad. Um, but Tice, all year, and we heard all year about the Celtics front court. And how they couldn't advance in the playoffs because it wasn't good. And I'm not saying it's like the best front court ever. It's definitely not, but it is definitely adequate. Now, before I preface this, Bam Adebayo is an is an all star for a reason. So I'm very curious to see how Tice does. But if it holds up like the regular season, Tice definitely slowed him down, and Tice deserves and Time Lord too. Both of those guys deserve a lot of credit. It's, and Time Lord, listen, he drives me crazy because Serge Ibaka was like freaking Channing Fry out there, like drilling every. Him and Ananobi were drilling every three that whole oh, series. That's cra- it was crazy, dude. Ananobi, man. Ananobi impressed me that he's a fucking beast as a 3 D player. Um, but both of those guys held their own against way more expensive front courts. And now they face an all star, both of them. And, and Kelly Olenek, who, as we know by Game 7 against the Wizards, Kelly Olenek is the greatest Game 7 player ever. But, uh, but you know what? The thing is, like... And Grant Williams, too. 
He he played great. He's played. Oh, yeah, he was great. He, he was very good too. Great spot minutes player. Yeah, like great at spot minutes. Like he's like a poor man's PJ Tucker. Right, but the thing is, let's say Siakam and Gasol were actually hitting their threes. That would really, that would have really, you know, stretched the Celtics defense out. Which, you know, if Kelly and Bam are hitting their shots, it's going to stretch out that defense a little more. So it's going to be more space for them. Listen, so again, if it's threes, then we're fucked. <laughs> right. Even like, if he hits mid rangers, you know, it's I it's think, gonna it's gonna cause some space there. Yeah, I, here's my opinion. I think Grant Williams is only gonna play in this series for when Kelly Olenek is in the game. Because Grant Williams is obviously good at moving his feet. I think you saw him block Van Fleet at the end there, which was terrible. Right. By the way, Nick Nurse, he did a lot of good things in that series, but not calling a timeout when Van Fleet was going nowhere was right. really stupid on his part. And he was a whiny little bitch this whole series, so fuck him. But uh, <laughs> but I think Grant Williams is ideal for, like, stretch bigs. He's done a good job. Both him and Tice, because Tice moves his feet very well. I don't think you can play Time Lord against Kelly, because Time Lord is, you know, he, he, he just doesn't guard stretch bigs well. I think Time Lord against Bam, you can match that athleticism a little bit. You know, obviously, Bam is a lot better, but, like, at least Time Lord can bother him, is what I'm thinking. I don't know. This is my thought. Do you think that they'll play Cancer more in the series? Uh, or do you think he's unplayable? Cancer was perfect against Philly because no one could take advantage of him in pick and rolls. And he was a decent MV defender. In this series, I could see him playing a little bit if, like, Myers Leonard is in. Uh, I don't think he's going to play against Olenek. Maybe he gets Bam. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, though, like, Goran Dragic could take advantage of him in pick and rolls. So maybe when Kendrick Nunn is in the game. Because Kendrick Nunn is not really a great pick and roll player. So you could probably hide Tanner on Bam for some physicality and some rebounding. I, 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 that's all. I, I don't think he's going to play much, though. I'll tell you, man, it's going to be interesting because... I think these are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, at least. It's going to be fun. Definitely going to be fun. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um, I think this is... If the Celtics make the finals, I will be an insufferable douche. No, I won't. But uh, <laughs> this is already just kind of a weird season. Well, here's the thing, Nick. Are you going to count this championship if, let's say, Boston wins it? It's only I only count the championship if we win it. That's how I view it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I just you know I, I'm it's probably also, gonna I'm gonna get flack for saying this because people are gonna be like, oh, you're just saying that because you don't like LeBron. I just I don't count this championship. Like I really don't. I don't think I just don't think you can. And I think that you know I don't want to go back to the whole I don't want to go back to the whole you know ratings of the NBA, but they've been really bad. I just think people don't care right now about sports, well, honestly. Well, maybe, but counterpoint would be recently, like, a lot of NBA ratings, like, Celtics-Raptors got humongous ratings. Game 7 did, I mean. Um, and so, yeah, no, no, for the most part, though, they have been down. But I, I just, listen... The bubble is weird and doesn't feel right, but at the same time, the basketball has been wildly entertaining. I mean, I don't think we can argue that at all. Like, some crazy upsets are happening. You know, freaking Denver's going to Game 7 against the Clippers. Like, 
what? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Um, the fucking Celtics and the Heat are in the Eastern Finals. Who the hell could have seen that coming? You know? Yeah, like, it's true. No one saw that coming. And I think, I just think, I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed basketball in the bubble. I've really enjoyed watching it. And I get ratings are down, and it's not perfect. And they almost got canceled once after the boycott. But I just, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. But is it, does it feel the same winning a title like this? Not really. You won't really have a parade. You know, you won't like, it's not, it's going to be like winning the NCAA tournament in a way, I feel like. But I don't know. I, I, I still enjoy, and like you said, with a potential lockout coming up. I'm just trying to enjoy as much basketball as I can until it potentially, you know, we're not going to have it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Steve Nash hiring next podcast. Um, because Paul will hop on with us then. Uh, but do you want to do you want to talk about anything else, Christian? No, I mean, I don't. There's nothing. There's nothing else, right? I think we got everything. Well, what we're not going to overreact for two hours about Brady losing his first game. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I mean, we beat the Dolphins. I mean, that does a lot, but it's a, it's something, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we're sorry. I feel like we're missing something, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, you want to talk about the Lakers? I mean, they've been impressive, I guess. I mean, fuck them, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Here's one thing I'll, I'll mention uh, for a second. I guess if there's one thing left to talk is that one thing quick is that because we kind of alluded to the honest thing a little bit. Here's a question for you, Christian. What do you hope happens with him? Because for me, I hope he stays. I think it's good for the league. Because if he leaves, then the Supermax has failed. That's my opinion. Yeah, I hope he stays, honestly. I just think that when the league's at its best, when you have stars in every city and you have parity in the league, when you have guys going to the same team, teaming up with the same three guys, dominating for years on years, it gets boring. I don't care. I'm not interested. You know, my, my interest in the league has already dived down. Like, I, especially with what LeBron did, and I know that was so long ago, but especially with what Kevin Durant did, it just kind of killed my interest in, in the product. And and even, even though last free agency, we saw a lot of duos come together, which wasn't, you know, big threes, and it was... It was. I was excited at the fact that you know there was going to be a lot of better teams this year. I still just never got into the rhythm of the league, so it just kind of sucks that players can. I mean, they have a right to go and move if they want to, they but right, but we want you want guys to stay. Like, but one thing I will right. say is positive: the league right now has definitely more parity than it has has had in a long time. There's no Golden State Warriors, you know, like team that just is so much better. Um, I, I just feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like this is kind of, this is kind of an interesting conversation because, you know, I lost, my team has lost a guy like that, you know, Kyrie Irving who left, uh, but he left Cleveland too. Um, with player movement around the league, which is, 
I think that's another thing that's kind of partially responsible for killing some fan interest and in that like you could have a player for two years and then they're gone. You know, just like, like, wow, I barely got to know you. And now you're on a new team. Um, I, I just wish that at the end of the day that the, uh, that the NBA, you know, had something like what we have now for a while, you know, like with homegrown stars and, parity across the league and Giannis staying in Milwaukee would achieve that but if Giannis goes to Miami and or Toronto or Golden State it's it's a super team I have to say it it is and as a Celtic fan we're going to talk about Steve Nash next podcast but I'm happy mm -hmm. they didn't get Greg Popovich (laughs) that's all I got yeah oh my god though but like imagine if Giannis goes to Golden State then I'm just never going to watch basketball again I give up. I give up. I would almost find it funny. And you want to know why? Because LeBron would get, you know, would get fucked again from that. Like, like LeBron goes to avoid the war, you know, is finally done with the Warriors, and then he's not. It, it would be kind of funny. As fucked as it is, it would be kind of funny. Um, but I guess that's all I got left. Christian, got anything else? No. Let's hope these conference finals are fun. We'll see, though. Yep, I think, I think my brain that's saying Heat and Seven needs to shut the fuck up and listen to my gut again, which is going with Celtics and six, Celtics and Six. And I'll yeah, leave I'm it. Going, yeah, I'm going Boston and Six too. All right, that'll be it for the BX Basketball Podcast. We'll do one pretty soon about the Western Conference Finals if the Clippers actually hold on. I just don't see you got to you got lock one thing in, Christian. You ready? Yes. Clippers are going to get at least five or ten more free throws against the Nuggets in Game 7. The NBA is going to want oh, yeah. the LA Conference Finals. And I would bet over, I would bet Kawhi over on points, whatever his prop is, you know, in Vegas. You know, because he's going to, I think he's going to dominate. So, All right. I will say uh, this. Wait, yeah. one more thing. I will say Go this. Ahead. If the Clippers win tomorrow night, Game 7, dominate them as well. I think they can, I think they will beat the Lakers. You're saying if the Clippers so you think dominate them if out. if they come out and punch them in the damn mouth and don't even give them a chance to come back, I'll be like, okay, this is the Clippers I was waiting for. But if it's a close game, I think the Lakers I, are gonna get to the finals. I will say, I will, I will say this: if the Clippers lose next game, I will be the first person to say that that move to get Marcus Morris, which I said at the time was a bad move, was a bad move. <laughs> like, yeah, I I feel like that move kind of killed their chemistry but that's just my opinion um but i guess that'll be it for the bx basketball podcast i'm nicking under here with christian okay thank you for listening